Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Insightful Thinkers podcast. Good morning, everyone. If you're listening on the morning of release, Monday morning. Uh, Welcome back for some more in-depth analysis into a diverse set of topics. Today, it's a little bit of a different one. Um, We're going to be talking about the lessons found within the Proverbs of Solomon, which, as uh, many of you probably know, the Proverbs of Solomon are found within the book of Proverbs in the Bible. And uh, these really, I found this to have a lot of wisdom within it, and um, I found that it would be interesting to discuss today um, whether you subscribe to every word in the Bible or you want nothing to do with religion. Uh, I think there are some lessons that can really be taken away from this. So what I did was I, I read uh, the Proverbs of Solomon and I really just arranged it into all the lessons that could be found within. And there are over 60 kind of different lessons that I found within there. And uh, it's not, I didn't compile every single verse, but I compiled most of them found in the Proverbs of Solomon. What are the Proverbs of Solomon, though? Many of you may be wondering. The book's title, The Proverbs of Solomon, is not to say that they should all be credited to King Solomon. King Solomon was the king of Israel who ruled between 971 and 931 BC. Um, Scholarly examination shows that it contains many collections of wisdom materials from actually a wide variety of periods. Some of these periods after Solomon had already died. So um, it's really impossible to predict the exact dates when these Proverbs were written. It's not necessarily that they were all written between 971 and 931 BC. The Proverbs of Solomon are more likely just a library of the wisdom of the Israelites, reflecting a way of life that lasted for more than a millennium. So these are, this is ancient wisdom really that has lasted through thousands of years. And uh, it's definitely very interesting what is found in there. So um, it's going to be a little bit of a different episode today. This one, it's, uh, I'm really going to leave a lot of these verses up for your own interpretation. And uh, I'm not really going to be giving my opinion on each of these verses, but uh, I think a lot of them speak for themselves. So what I did is I just sorted them by theme. These are verses from the New International Version of the Bible. Um, And uh, I may include a transcript from what I'm reading off of. Uh, Well, you can open the Bible, but I guess you won't be able to follow follow along because I organized them uh, by theme, whereas the Bible, it's kind of just... uh, kind of one by one. There's no real organization. So I may include a transcript on the website for those of you guys who want to read along. But let's get into some of these Proverbs. Um, Lesson number one, blessings come to the righteous and destruction comes to the wicked. It says in here, the Lord does not let the righteous go hungry, but he thwarts the craving of the wicked. Blessings crown the head of the righteous, but violence overwhelms the mouth of the wicked. The wages of the righteous is life, but the earnings of the wicked are sin and death. What the wicked dread will overtake them, what the righteous desire will be granted. When the storm has swept by, the wicked are gone, but the righteous stand firm forever. The prospect of the righteous is joy, but the hopes of the wicked come to nothing. The righteous will never be uprooted, but the wicked will not remain in the land. 
Truly the righteous attain life, but whoever pursues evil finds death. Be sure of this, the wicked will not go unpunished, but those who are righteous will go free. The desire of the righteous ends only in good, but the hope of the wicked only in wrath. Whoever seeks good finds favor, but evil comes to one who searches for it. If the righteous receive their due on earth, how much more the ungodly and the sinner. No one can be established through wickedness, but the righteous cannot be uprooted. In the way of righteousness there is life, along that path is immortality. The light of the righteous shines brightly, but the lamp of the wicked is snuffed out. Trouble pursues the sinner, but the righteous are rewarded with good things. The righteous eat to their heart's content, but the stomach of the wicked goes hungry. The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin condemns any people. The house of the righteous contains great treasure, but the income of the wicked brings ruin. When the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's way, he causes their enemies to make peace with them. When wickedness comes, so does contempt, and with shame comes reproach. Whoever keeps commandments keeps their life, but whoever shows contempt for their ways will die. The righteous lead blameless lives. Blessed are their children after them. The righteous one takes note of the house of the wicked and brings the wicked to ruin. A whip for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the backs of fools. Evildoers are snared by their own sin, but the righteous shout for joy and are glad. Those who are kind benefit themselves, but the cruel bring ruin on themselves. The faithless will be fully repaid for their ways, and the good rewarded for theirs. The Lord works out everything to its proper end, even the wicked for a day of disaster. Evildoers foster rebellion against God. The messenger of death will be sent against them. Evil will never leave the house of one who pays back evil for good. Penalties are prepared for mockers, and beatings for the backs of fools. When justice is done, it brings joy to the righteous, but terror to evildoers. Whoever sows injustice reaps calamity, and the rod they wield in fury will be broken. Like a fluttering sparrow or a darting swallow, an undeserved curse does not come to rest. Whoever digs a pit will fall into it, if someone rolls a stone, it will roll back on them. When the wicked thrive, so does sin, and the righteous will witness their downfall. The wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous stands firm. So that's lesson number one, um, just really about how uh, blessings come to those who live in righteous ways, but... Uh, it's almost like a karma situation where destruction will come to the wicked. And that's uh, one of the main themes in there. Another one here, lesson number two. Blessings come to those who are diligent, 
but the lazy will never be fulfilled. So now the idea of blessings not coming to the righteous, not only coming to the righteous, but now also coming to those who who put in the work and uh, nothing coming for those who, who, uh, who don't. Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. He who gathers crops in the summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps during harvest is a disgraceful son. Diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in forced labor. The lazy do not roast any game, but the diligent feed on the riches of the hunt. A sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. The way of the sluggard is blocked with thorns, but the path of the upright is a highway. As vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so are sluggards to those who send them. Laziness brings on deep sleep, and the shiftless go hungry. Sluggards do not plow in season, so at harvest time they look but find nothing. The plans of the diligent lead to profit, as surely as haste leads to poverty. The craving of a sluggard will be the death of him, because his hands refuse to work. As a door turns on its hinges, so a sluggard turns on his bed. A sluggard buries his hand in the dish. He is too lazy to bring it back to his mouth. Those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies will have their fill of poverty. One who is slack in his work is brother to one who destroys. The appetite of laborers works for them. Their hunger drives them on. Do not love sleep or you will grow poor. Stay awake and you will have food to spare. The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. Very interesting comments here on uh, contrasting the diligent versus the lazy. And uh, that's really what it is with anything. If you stay diligent, if you keep putting in the work, blessings are going to come. It's just... uh, it's just a matter of time. Right now, the uh, the NBA playoffs are on, and LeBron, his post-game interview, is actually just saying that. And the Lakers weren't hitting shots in their first playoff game. Um, but he just said, hey, we've, we've put in the work all year. We've, we've always been practicing our shots, so eventually they're going to go down. So that's kind of what it is here. It's eventually, if you keep putting in the work, no, you're not going to. Um, and it talks about this this later. No, you might not get riches right away or, or things like this, but keep putting in the work and you will receive your reward. Lesson number three. Wise children are of great value, but foolish children are a disgrace to their parents. A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son brings grief to his mother. To have a fool for a child brings grief. There is no joy for the parent of a godless fool. A foolish son brings grief to his father and bitterness to the mother who bore him. Whoever robs their father and drives out their mother is a child who brings shame and disgrace. A discerning son heeds instruction, 
but a companion of gluttons disgraces his father. Um, there's there's more in this uh, idea of uh, respecting your parents and and the people before you in, in the following lesson, lesson number four. Whoever brings ruin on their family will inherit only the wind, and the fool will be servant to the wise. A wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a mocker does not respond to rebukes. A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish man despises his mother. If someone curses their father or mother, their lamp will be snuffed out in pitch darkness. Like a bird that flees its nest is anyone who flees from home. Whoever robs their father or mother and says it's not wrong is partner to one who destroys. Um, yeah, that's really what it's getting across. Uh, it's very destructive to not have respect for your parents and to curse your mother or to curse your father. And uh, just is saying if you want to bring joy to your parents, then treat them with respect. Lesson number five, wisdom comes easily to the prudent, but fools find nothing. A wicked person listens to deceitful lips. A liar pays attention to a destructive tongue. The simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. Why should fools have money in hand to buy wisdom when they are not able to understand it? A corrupt witness mocks at justice, and the mouth of the wicked gulps down evil. Evildoers do not understand what is right, but those who seek the Lord understand it fully. The mocker seeks wisdom and finds none, but knowledge comes easily to the discerning. This is kind of similar to um, the lesson with, if you stay diligent, blessings are, are going to come down the road. And this one is just, if you stay wise and you, you are prudent and you operate in, in kind of, uh, in, in good ways, then knowledge is going to, it's going to find you. And, um, but if you do foolish things and you behave foolishly, even if you search out for wisdom, you're not going to find anything. Lesson number six, the Lord is a refuge for the righteous, but is the destruction of the wicked. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. The name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. The way of the Lord is a refuge for the blameless, but it is the ruin of those who do evil. Um, this is just kind of getting me across the idea that... Um, in the uh, Christian philosophy, just if you rely on the Lord, then turning to him is going to be helpful for you. But if you uh, are operating in wicked ways, then just the name of the Lord is going to cause you fear and the Lord is going to be far from you. And um, it, as it says here, it's the ruin of those who do evil. And this idea kind of continues in lesson number seven of the wicked live in fear, but the righteous have courage. The sluggard says, there's a lion outside. I'll be killed in the public square. A sluggard says, there's a lion in the road, a fierce lion roaming the streets. The wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. So just still the same idea of behaving righteously, peacefully, uh, being diligent, being... Uh, just being good is going to give you confidence. And if you're, if you know you're not behaving in 
good ways, then you're going to feel fear because almost as if that karma is going to strike you. Lesson number eight, the righteous are respected, but the wicked are looked upon with contempt and are feared. The name of the righteous is used in blessings, but the name of the wicked will rot. When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. When the wicked perish, there are shouts of joy. Through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked it is destroyed. The Lord detests those whose hearts are perverse, but he delights in those whose ways are blameless. A person is praised according to their prudence, and one with a warped mind is despised. A quick-tempered person does foolish things, and the one who devises evil schemes is hated. The Lord detests the way of the wicked, but he loves those who pursue righteousness. The Lord detests the thoughts of the wicked, but gracious words are pure in his sight. The sacrifice of the wicked is detestable, how much more so when brought with evil intent. When the righteous triumph, there is great elation, but when the wicked rise to power, people go into hiding. When the wicked rise to power, people go into hiding. But when the wicked perish, the righteous thrive. When the righteous thrive, the people rejoice. When the wicked rule, the people groan. The righteous detest the dishonest. The wicked detest the upright. People curse the one who hoards grain, but they pray God's blessing on the one who is willing to sell. Uh, I like I like this one because uh, it's kind of talking about how the still the righteous not only do will they have blessings coming to them but they're also respected by not only other people but also by the lord um he delights in those whose ways are blameless it says um but the wicked however no matter what what uh, uh they achieve or what they do people just look upon them with with pure contempt and and uh, frankly, fear, even in some cases. Lesson nine is to be humble. Better to be a nobody and yet have a servant than pretend to be somebody and have no food. One person pretends to be rich yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor yet has great wealth. Let someone else praise you and not your own mouth, an outsider and not your own lips. Better to be lowly in spirit along with the oppressed, than to share plunder with the proud. The proud and arrogant person, mocker is his name, behaves with insolent fury. Uh, pure gold here. Let someone else, let others sing your own praises, or as we know of it today, don't toot your own horn. Um, don't pretend to be rich. Uh, it says one person pretends to be rich, but has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. I was watching uh, a conversation between Rick Rubin and Kendrick Lamar. Uh, Rick Rubin is the founder of Def Jam. And what he was wearing, he just is kind of out by his trailer. He's wearing no shoes. He's got a long beard, long hair, regular t-shirt, regular, regular, uh, uh, regular shorts. You look at Jay-Z, you don't see him wearing all these chains and all this and boasting about his wealth uh, for everybody to see. And 
that's really kind of the idea here. And I'm sure there are many other examples, but those are just two that come to mind. Uh, the people that pretend to be rich, they really have nothing, but pretending to be poor, you may, you may just have great wealth. And I think that's, that's very cool. Um, be humble. Lesson number nine. Lesson number 10, a wise person accepts instruction, discipline, and advice. The wise in heart accept commands, but a chattering fool comes to ruin. Whoever heeds discipline shows the way to life, but whoever ignores correction leads others astray. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Where there is strife, there is pride. But wisdom is found in those who take advice. Whoever scorns instruction will pay for it, but whoever respects a command is rewarded. Whoever disregards discipline comes to poverty and shame, but whoever heeds correction is honored. A fool spurns a parent's discipline, but whoever heeds correction shows prudence. Mockers resent correction, so they avoid the wise. Whoever heeds life-giving correction will be at home among the wise. Those who disregard discipline despise themselves, but the one who heeds correction gains understanding. Whoever gives heed to instruction prospers, and blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Listen to advice and accept discipline, and at the end you will be counted among the wise. Flog a mocker, and the simple will learn prudence. Rebuke the discerning, and they will gain knowledge. Stop listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray far from the words of knowledge. Like an earring of gold or an ornament of fine gold is the rebuke of a wise judge to a listening ear. Those who forsake instruction praise the wicked, but those who heed it resist them. If anyone turns a deaf ear to my instruction, even their prayers are detestable. Whoever remains stiff-necked after many rebukes will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. Stern discipline awaits anyone who leaves the path. The one who hates correction will die. Um, talking about valuing discipline. Don't turn your back on people who um, could provide you with instruction. This could be helpful. Don't have the attitude that you know everything. Be humble and uh, be willing to accept discipline. The way of fools, it seems right to them, as it says. And um, But the wise listen to advice. So don't just operate in a way that seems right to you. Um, listen to advice is really what it's saying. Lesson 11. Walking with wisdom and integrity keeps your path straight, but corruption and wickedness leads you astray. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness, they do not know what makes them stumble. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. 
The fear of the Lord adds length to life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. The righteousness of the blameless makes their paths straight, but the wicked are brought down by their own wickedness. The righteousness of the upright delivers them, but the unfaithful are trapped by evil desires. The righteous person is rescued from trouble, and it falls on the wicked instead. The wicked desire the stronghold of evildoers, but the root of the righteous endures. Evildoers are trapped by their sinful talk, and so the innocent escape trouble. No harm overtakes the righteous, but the wicked have their fill of trouble. Righteousness guards the person of integrity, but wickedness overthrows the sinner. Good judgment wins favor, but the way of the unfaithful leads to their destruction. Do not those who plot evil go astray? But those who plan what is good find love and faithfulness. When calamity comes, the wicked are brought down, but even in death the righteous seek refuge in God. All the days of the oppressed are wretched, but the cheerful cheerful heart has a continual feast. The path of life leads upward for the prudent to keep them from going down to the realm of the dead. Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through the fear of the Lord, evil is avoided. The highway of the upright avoids evil. Those who guard their ways preserve their lives. Whoever strays from the path of prudence comes to rest in the company of the dead. One who is wise can go up against the city of the mighty and pull down the stronghold in which they trust. In the paths of the wicked are snares and pitfalls, but those who would preserve their life stay far from them. The one whose walk is blameless is kept safe, but the one whose ways are perverse will fall into the pit. So here it's just talking about operating again in a righteous way. And not only will blessings come to you at the end, but your path towards that is going to be like a highway. It's going to be smooth. It says the way of the wicked is like a deep darkness because they don't even know what makes them stumble. And when you're going about life in evil ways and doing evil schemes, you constantly are stumbling. You're constantly falling. There are snares. There are pitfalls. Um, it's such a, a winding, difficult road, and you don't even know why all these things are happening to you is kind of what it's getting across. But if the righteous, their path will be straight towards their blessings that come at the end that we talked about in the first lesson. Lesson number 12, the wise, the wise excuse me, speak words of knowledge, but the speech of fools is worthless. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is of little value. The lips of the righteous nourish many, but fools die for lack of sense. From the mouth of the righteous comes the fruit of wisdom, but a perverse tongue will be silenced. The lips of the righteous know what finds favor, but the mouth of the wicked only what is perverse. 
through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked, it is destroyed. With their mouths, the godless destroy their neighbors, but through knowledge, the righteous escape. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and the one who is wise saves lives. The words of the wicked lie in wait for blood, but the speech of the upright rescues them. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. A fool's mouth lashes out with pride, but the lips of the wise protect them. Stay away from a fool, for you will not find knowledge on their lips. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. The lips of the wise spread knowledge, but the hearts of fools are not upright. Like the useless legs of one who is lame is a proverb in the mouth of a fool. Eloquent lips are unsuited to a godless fool. How much worse lying lips to a ruler. Better the poor whose walk is blameless than a fool whose lips are perverse. The heart of the wise makes their mouths prudent, and their lips promote instruction. From the fruit of their mouth a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips they are satisfied. Like a coating of silver dross on earthenware are fervent lips with an evil heart. Enemies disguise themselves with their lips, but in their hearts they harbor deceit. Though their speech is charming, do not believe them, for seven abominations fill their hearts. Their malice may be concealed by deception, but their wickedness will be exposed in the assembly. Deceit is in the hearts of those who plot evil, but those who promote peace have joy. Those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. Those whose heart is corrupt, excuse me, one whose heart is corrupt does not prosper. One whose tongue is perverse falls into trouble. Those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. One who loves a pure heart and who speaks with grace will have the king for a friend. The eyes of the Lord keep watch over knowledge, but he frustrates the words of the unfaithful. Like a north wind that brings unexpected rain is a sly tongue which provokes a horrified look. A lying tongue hates those it hurts, and a flattering mouth works ruin. Do you see someone who speaks in haste? There's more hope for a fool than for them. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Talking about words, words of knowledge versus foolish words, and how words of knowledge don't come from foolish people. Uh, they come from those same people who live a righteous, a righteous life. Lesson number 13. Do not gossip. A perverse person stirs up conflict, 
and a gossip separates close friends. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. A gossip betrays a confidence, so anyone who talks too much, avoid them. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. Whoever conceals hatred with lying lips and spreads slander is a fool. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Whoever derides their neighbor has no sense, but the one who has understanding holds their tongue. Lesson 14. Love has great value. Hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers all wrongs. Whoever would foster love covers an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Love and faithfulness keep a king safe. Through love, his throne is made secure. Whoever pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. An interesting thing is that a lot of the uh, like sayings that we say today actually come from the Proverbs of Solomon. One of those that we, we just heard, love covers all wrongs. And another one we're going to see later about how pride comes before a fall. Lesson number 15, it's wise to gain and act upon knowledge and wisdom. The wise store up knowledge, but the mouth of a fool invites ruin. All who are prudent act with knowledge, but fools expose their folly. The discerning heart seeks knowledge, but the mouth of a fool feeds on folly. The heart of the discerning acquires knowledge, for the ears of the wise seek it out. The one who gets wisdom loves life. The one who cherishes understanding will soon prosper. He's talking about seek wisdom and, and you'll find it and, and act upon the knowledge and the wisdom that, that you've gained. Lesson number 16, uh, you could say silence is gold. Sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. The prudent keep their knowledge to themselves, but a fool's heart blurts out folly. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent, and discerning if they hold their tongues. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. The mouths of fools are their undoing, and their lips are a snare to their very lives. The words of the mouth are deep waters, but the fountain of wisdom is a rushing stream. And that's really interesting because here's talking about it's not it's not all about speaking and uh, blurting out your knowledge. Um, even fools are thought to be wise if, as if they just keep silent and they're thought to be discerning if they hold their tongue. So don't be a know-it-all. Don't blurt out everything you know. Keep silent and silence silence is gold. Lesson 17. Unjust and wicked schemes seem profitable, but are of no value in the end. Ill-gotten treasures have no lasting value, but righteousness delivers from death. A fool finds pleasure in wicked schemes, but a person of understanding delights in wisdom. A bribe is seen as a charm by the one who gives it. They think success will come at every turn. Food gained by fraud tastes sweet but one ends up with a mouthful of gravel. 
A fortune made by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor and a deadly snake. Whoever increases wealth by taking interest or profit from the poor amasses it for another who will be kind to the poor. A tyrannical ruler practices extortion, but one who hates ill-gotten treasures will gain a long reign. So don't, here it's just saying, um, it's n- the means do matter. The means w- uh, by which you acquire your wealth do in fact matter. We just had our episode on Machiavelli where um, he's really talking about by any means necessary. And uh, and it's it's totally opposite from that. And we talked about how this is why the orthodoxy went against Machiavelli because he's saying things that are directly opposed to what's found in the Bible. Um, both of these ideas um, maybe can be applied in different situations, possibly. Um, I, I like this one because it's just talking about uh, it tastes sweet when you, it may or it may taste sweet when you trick people to acquire your own wealth and for your own good and to build yourself up and you uh, you hold your money from the poor and you you just build yourself up. It may feel good, but it does one only ends up with a mouthful of gravel. Um, so the means it's just saying maybe um, be weary of the means that you take to acquire your wealth. And lesson eighteen is also be fair too. The Lord detests dishonest scales, but an accurate weight finds favor with him. Honest scales and balances belong to the Lord. All the weights in the bag are of his making. Acquitting the guilty and condemning the innocent, the Lord detests them both. If imposing a fine on the innocent is not good, surely to flog honest officials is not right. It is not good to be partial to the wicked, and so deprive the innocent of justice. Differing weights and differing measures, the Lord detests them both. The Lord detests differing weights, and dishonest scales do not please him. One who oppresses the poor to increase his wealth, and one who gives gifts to the rich, both will come to poverty. If a king judges the poor with fairness, his throne will be established forever." I think this really applies to what happens in politics and how the rich benefit and the poor get nothing. Um, It's saying in here, um, don't acquit the guilty and condemn the innocent. Um, Acquitting the guilty you see happen where if you are rich, you can gain great favor in the justice system and a lot of guilty people are acquitted. But the innocent are condemned, says the Lord detests them both. Um, don't be partial to the wicked and deprive the innocent of justice, it's saying. Um, be, be fair. And I think that's a really important lesson that uh, I'll call out the political system in the United States could definitely use. Lesson 19, this is the, the pride comes before a fall, but humility comes before honor and wisdom. When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. The Lord tears down the house of the proud, but he sets the widow's boundary stones in place. Wisdom's instruction is fear to the Lord, and humility comes before honor. 
The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Before a downfall, the heart is haughty. Before humility comes honor. Excuse me, but humility comes before honor. Haughty eyes and a proud heart, the unplowed field of the wicked produce sin. Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. Do you see a person wise in their own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for them. Pride brings a person low, but the lowly in spirit gain honor. Very interesting verses. And you, you see the exact thing we repeat today comes from uh, uh, verse Proverbs 16, verse 18. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. And that's directly... Uh, from the Proverbs of Solomon, and um, just the idea that uh, when you become proud, that is that is when you are going to, you can, it's kind of the idea that when you get to such a high idea of yourself, you can only really fall from there. But if you are, even uh, if you're lowly and, and you're humble, that's when you're going to find honor. That's when you're going to find wisdom, when you know that uh, there's another quote, I can't remember from who it is, but it's just the idea that the wise know that they know nothing kind of thing. So if you are humble and you know that um, you don't know it all and you're not on top of the world, then that's when you're going to find that wisdom and, and find honor. It's going to come naturally. Um, and then that's that's very interesting. Don't, don't go thinking that... Um, that you are kind of uh, above everybody else, go into situations thinking that, uh, be behaving in a humble manner. And then naturally you will find uh, a higher position or um, you will find at least for yourself honor and wisdom. Lesson 20 is wealth holds no value compared to righteousness, integrity, and wisdom. Wealth is worthless in the day of wrath but righteousness delivers from death. A kind-hearted woman gains honor, but ruthless men gain only wealth. A wicked person earns deceptive wages, but the one who sows righteousness reaps a sure reward. Those who trust in their riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. Better a little with fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. Better a small serving of vegetables with love than a fattened calf with hatred. Better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. To do what is right and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Better the poor whose walk is blameless than the rich whose ways are perverse. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver and gold. How much better to get wisdom than gold, to get insight rather than silver. Kind of, this brings to mind kind of knowledge is power. Uh, money is not power. Um, money and things that you can buy with money may make you happy in certain circumstances. And it seems that so many people know this, yet in our society, we all still seek to chase wealth. But here it's saying wealth holds absolutely no value compared to actual righteousness, integrity, and wisdom. The idea that um, being a good person is always going to be more than, than the bad person who, is, who even has the whole world at his hands. Um, 
I'm looking for a verse here. Uh, yeah, better a little with fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil, or even so, better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. So, um, just the idea that money isn't everything. What matters more, still that overarching theme of righteousness matters more, and be humble, and character is more than material things. Um, kind of similar to what we were talking about too, how it says a wicked person earns deceptive wages, but the one who sows righteousness reaps a sure reward. So the means by which you accumulate wealth do matter. And if you do it in a wicked way, your wages are deceptive. You may have more, uh, a higher wage than the righteous one, but the one who sows righteousness actually reaps a sure reward. And Righteousness is, is talked about as more sure and more secure than riches because it says, um, uh, I'm looking for it here where it says, um, if you trust in your wealth, um, it's not going to, it's not going to serve you anything, um, because they wealth will crumble and it's uh, very futile, but righteousness will give you a sure reward. Lesson number 21, kind of continuing with um, kind of being humble a little bit and not thinking you know it all, is don't believe that you can completely map out your life's path. Hopes placed in mortals die with them, and the promise of their power comes to nothing. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. To humans belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the prophet proper answer of the tongue. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord in whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. A person's steps are directed by the Lord, how then can anyone understand their own way? A person may think their own ways are right, but the Lord weighs the heart. There is no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can, see, can succeed against the Lord. The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory rests with the Lord. Like a broken tooth or a lame foot is reliance on the unfaithful in times of trouble. Those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. The greedy stir up conflict, but those who trust in the Lord will prosper. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. And this is, this exactly is don't count your chickens before they hatch. Don't think as well that you can mastermind your steps. Maybe it could serve you to, in some people's cases, rely on the Lord or just rely on wisdom rather than trying to totally map out your whole life's plan. Um, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps is kind of uh, really the philosophy here. Lesson 22, it's better to remain calm and to show self-control than to start a quarrel. Whoever derides their neighbor has no sense, and the one who has understanding holds their tongue. Fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlook an insult. 
A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam, so drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. An unfriendly person pursues selfish ends and, against all sound judgment, starts quarrels. It is to one's honor to avoid strife, but every fool is quick to quarrel. Drive out the mocker, and out goes strife. Quarrels and insults are ended. As charcoal to embers, and as wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome person for kindling strife. Mockers stir up a city, but the wise turn away anger. Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Better a dry crust with peace and quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. Whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quick-tempered displays folly. A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. Better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city. The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint, and whoever has understanding is even-tempered. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. An angry person stirs up conflict, and a hot-tempered person commits many sins. It's talking about uh, state, be patient. It even says overlook an insult. Because this is, it's not going to get you anywhere to stir up conflict and to stir up strife and quarrels. And uh, it says a quarrel is like breaching a dam. So just drop the matter before an entire dispute breaks out. Be peaceful. It's okay if, uh, if your feelings get hurt. Don't go and create a whole dispute about it. And it even says to overlook an insult. And this is um, the idea that maybe applies better in some situations than others. Uh, it's the turn the other cheek philosophy kind of that Jesus talked about. Um, and uh, it is it is interesting. Um, how to, don't go for revenge and don't uh, just really try to stay away, stay out of conflict. And conflict really, it has no, no value because it even says better a dry crust with peace and quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. Better to hardly even have any food, but at least everyone's quiet and everyone's peaceful than be having a big feast and all of these things and th with anger and strife. So uh, very interesting proverb to, ke to keep in mind. Lesson 23. It's beneficial to use many advisors and companions. For lack of guidance, a nation falls. But victory is won through many advisors. A large population is a king's glory, but without subjects, a prince is ruined. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Plans are established by seeking advice. So if you wage war, obtain guidance. Lesson 24. Don't deal with strangers. Whoever puts up security for a stranger will surely suffer. But whoever refuses to shake hands and pledge is safe. One who has no sense shakes hands and pledge and puts up security for a neighbor. Take the garment of one who puts up security for a stranger. Hold it in pledge if it is done for an outsider. Um, 
<laughs> don't do dealings with uh, with outsiders and strangers uh, and shake your hands and bets and kind of what I talked about previously is because you don't know what tomorrow may bring. Lesson 25. Blessings come to those who are generous, but disasters strike the greedy. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. The greedy bring ruin on their households, but the one who hates bribes will live. All day long he craves for more, but the righteous give without sparing. It is a sin to despise one's neighbor, but blessed is the one who is kind to the needy. Whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker, but whoever is kind to the needy honors God. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. Whoever shuts their ears to the cry of the poor will also cry out and not be answered. The generous will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. The greedy stir up conflict, but those who trust in the Lord will prosper. Those who give to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to them receive many curses. By justice a king gives a country stability, but those who are greedy for bribes tear it down. Very, this all is very paradoxical stuff because it talks about like uh, the the person who holds more in theory that shouldn't they not have more than the person who gives freely but it says no um one person gives freely but somehow gains even more another withholds unduly but comes to poverty very interesting um very interesting kind of lesson here um oh there was another one that i wanted to to, oh, um, kind of the karma thing that has been mentioned in a couple other lessons, um, or has been at least uh, kind of indirectly referred to. Uh, whoever shuts their ears to the cry of the poor will also cry out and not be answered. So um, when you are on top and when you have it all, maybe it's not a good idea to hold it all for yourself because when tough times come on you, maybe you'll cry out and you won't be answered either. Lesson number 26, a wife of noble character is a gem, but a quarrelsome wife is a man's downfall. A wife of noble character is her husband's crown, but a disgraceful wife is like decay in his bones. Houses and wealth are inherited from parents, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. Better to live on the corner of the roof than to share a house with a quarrelsome wife. Better to live in a desert than with a quarrelsome and nagging wife. A quarrelsome wife is like the dripping of a leaky roof in a rainstorm. Restraining her is like restraining the wind or grasping oil with the hand. Um, and some of these, obviously, we, we have to accept that they're a little bit dated because it talks about how a quarrelsome wife is a man's downfall, but it doesn't talk about how a quarrelsome husband is a wife's downfall. And please, bear with the times here because this was written um <laughs> over oh 
yeah, over 2,000 years ago and has at least been used since before Christ, years and years before Christ. So um, obviously that, that's just the way it was. The, the women were secondary to men, but um, still an interesting lesson. Um, it's better <laughs> it's better to live on the corner of a roof, it says, than to share a house with a quarrelsome wife. And let's modernize that a little. Uh, better to live on a cor- uh, corner of the roof than to share a house with a quarrelsome partner, you could say. Um, so choose your partner wisely. And uh, even if your your house is huge and you've got all the riches, make sure that your partner is, is not stirring up anger. Lesson 27 is to be an honest witness. An honest witness tells the truth, but a false witness tells lies. An honest witness does not deceive, but a false witness pours out lies. A truthful witness saves lives, but a false witness is deceitful. A false witness will not go unpunished, and whoever pours out lies will perish. A false witness will perish, but a careful listener will testify successfully. And again, a little bit dated, there aren't as many. This maybe isn't as applicable to everybody, and maybe they relied on witnesses a lot more thousands of years ago. Now we have cameras, we have a lot of other means to find the truth. But uh, just the general uh, proverb of honesty, I think, still holds true there. Lesson 28, tell the truth and do not be deceitful, continuing with this uh, being truthful. Like a club or a sword or a sharp arrow is the one who gives false testimony against a neighbor. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. A wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a trustworthy envoy brings healing. If you take your neighbor to court, do not betray another's confidence, or the one who hears it may shame you, and the charge against you will stand. Like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death is the one who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. Kings take pleasure in honest lips. They value the ones who speak what is right. Like clouds and wind without rain is the one who boasts of gifts never given. What a person desires is unfailing love. Better to be poor than a liar. Keeping it the same idea of uh, integrity is more important than to um, tell lies for personal gain and better to be poor than a liar. Lesson 29, a heart at peace is refreshing to the soul, but a broken one weighs you down. Uh, anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. A happy heart makes the face cheerful but heartache crushes the spirit. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. The human spirit can endure in sickness, but a crushed spirit who can bear? The human spirit is the lamp of the Lord that sheds light on one's inmost being. Um, For whoever has had a broken heart, you know that it is worse than sickness. Even the human spirit can endure sickness, but a crushed spirit who can bear. When your spirit is crushed and your heart is broken, it's very difficult to deal with. Um, And it even says anxiety weighs down on the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. So stay positive. Um, And maybe that will will just help you because heartache, it says, crushes the spirit, but a cheerful, cheerful heart is good medicine. 
that was very interesting because um, even today we are finding kind of the brain body connection. And if you are healthy and you have a healthy body and you have healthy thoughts, it is like a good medicine. You like you get sick less and there are a whole host of medical benefits that come from just thinking positively. So keep your stay cheerful, keep your spirit cheerful because a cheerful heart is a good medicine. Lesson 30, choose your friends and companions wisely. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Remove wicked officials from the king's presence, and his throne will be established through righteousness. Sending a message by the hands of a fool is like cutting off one's feet or drinking poison. Like an archer who wounds at random is one who hires a fool or any passerby. The accomplices of thieves are their own enemies. They are put under oath and dare not testify. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Again, the phrase we use today, iron sharpens iron. Choose your companions wisely in a lot of ways because... (laughs) The accomplices of thieves, when they need to testify, um, they won't even they won't even say a word, and they won't speak up for their friend who is also a thief. Um, he even says, uh, "Don't hire any fool or any p- random passerby. Choose your friends and your companions wisely, um, or you may be led astray and you may suffer harm." It's saying, "Lesson thirty-one is to discipline your children." Whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Discipline your children, for in that there is hope. Do not be a willing party to their death. Start children off in the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far away. Discipline your children, and they will give you peace. They will bring you the delights you desire. A rod and a reprimand impart wisdom, but a child left unpunished disgraces his mother. Um, Again, kind of dated because today, um, I believe there's even research that's saying you it may not be best to like spank and and things like this, but even still, even if we don't need, to, you don't need to fully subscribe to whoever spares the rod hates their children. Just the idea that whoever doesn't discipline their children uh, really hates them is what it's saying. But if you love your children, you will discipline them and you will start them off in the way they should go through discipline and through correction. Don't just let them run off wildly. Um, help a child out on the way he should go or he or she should go. And when they're old, they will not turn from it is what it's saying. Lesson 32 is fear of the Lord keeps you walking uprightly. Whoever fears the Lord walks uprightly, but those who despise him are devious in their ways. Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress and for their children, it will be a refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. The fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rests content, untouched by trouble. Blessed is the one who always trembles before God, but whoever hardens their heart falls into trouble. Lesson 33. The prudent consider the path they are on, but the foolish pay the price for their lack of discretion. 
The simple believe anything, but the prudent give thoughts to their steps. Folly brings joy to one who has no sense, but whoever has understanding keeps a straight course. Prudence is a fountain of life to the prudent, but folly brings punishment to fools. A discerning person keeps wisdom in view, but a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. It is a trap to dedicate something rashly, and only later to consider one's vows. The wicked put up a bold front, but the upright give thought to their ways. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. Continuing with the idea of self-control, and really talking, also continuing with the idea of staying prudent and consider the course that you're on. Um, Think before you act. It's a trap to dedicate something rashly and then only later say, Oh, what were those vows that I had said? <laughs> you could even apply this to marriage. Don't don't be in a hurry to um, make these vows and then only later say, oh, what were we actually saying? What were we actually getting ourselves into? What was this contract that we were signing? This can go for any contract. Um, and it, it also says, a discerning person keeps wisdom in view, but a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. So if you're discerning, Wisdom will be right in front of you. And this is kind of like how it was saying, wisdom comes easily to those who are prudent and who are disciplined, but fools, they can't even find it. And I could have maybe put this verse there too, because a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth and they don't even know the direction to go because they're not considering the path they're on. So really put some thought into what you're doing. Don't just fool around is what it's saying. Lesson 34 or something Many probably know well. With wealth comes many friends. The poor are shunned even by their neighbors, but the rich have many friends. Wealth attracts many friends, but even the closest friend of the poor person deserts them. Many curry favor with the ruler, and everyone is the friend of one who gives gifts. It's interesting here because it doesn't um, put like a positive or a negative... um, connotation or spin on these it's just basically stating so forthrightly that with wealth comes many friends for better or for worse so i found that interesting that it didn't uh kind of have a, a a different tone to that the idea that with wealth comes many. it didn't say these are fake friends it didn't say don't trust the friends that come after wealth but all it really is saying is that when you get wealth, you're gonna have many friends for better or for worse i guess Lesson 35 is the Lord watches over all things and has created all things. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. Ears that hear and eyes that see, the Lord has made them both. Rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. The poor and the oppressor have this in common. The Lord gives sight to the eyes of both. Lesson 36 is don't lead others astray. A violent person entices their neighbor and leads them down a path that is not good. Whoever leads the upright along an evil path will fall into their own trap, but the blameless will receive a good inheritance. Lesson 37. Respect all people and do not wish destruction even upon your enemies. Whoever mocks the poor and shows contempt for their maker, whoever gloats over disaster will not go unpunished. If your enemy is hungry, give them food to eat. 
If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. A ruler who oppresses the poor is like a driving rain that leaves no crops. The righteous care for the justice of the poor, but the wicked have no such concern. Treat everybody as equals in saying. And one kind of interesting verse is, um, if your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he's thirsty, give him water to drink. And then it says, in doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head and the Lord will reward you. So don't grab the coals to heap them on the enemy's head. Just give respect to your enemy. Give him food to eat. If he's thirsty, give him water to drink. And don't wish destruction upon him. And by doing that, then the Lord is going to kind of, or the overarching kind of force, I guess you could, people could say of karma, um, will be applied to them and they'll be struck down without you trying to take it into your own hands. Lesson 38, wise people learn from their mistakes, but fools only repeat them. A rebuke impresses a discerning person more than a hundred lashes of fool. A hot-tempered person must pay the penalty, rescue them, and you will have to do it again. As a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. Though you grind a fool in a mortar, grinding them like grain with a pestle, you will not remove their folly from them. Servants cannot be corrected by mere words. Though they understand, they will not respond. This equally could be in um, wise people accept discipline and take heed of advice. Because it says as a dog returns to its vomit, uh, so do fools repeat their folly. So learn from your mistakes really is what it's saying. And uh, <laughs> I'll change this right now because uh, it's a lot simpler uh, as, uh, as a theme because that's really what it's talking about here. Lesson 39 is avoid being in the presence of fools. Better to meet a bear robbed of her cubs than a fool bent on folly. Like a muddied spring or a polluted well are the righteous who give way to the wicked. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will be just like him. Answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. If a wise person goes to court with a fool, the fool rages and scoffs, and there is no peace. A wise king winnows out the wicked, and he drives the threshing wheel over them. Um, this is this brings to mind the, the saying. I can't remember the exact saying, but of um, if you are arguing with a fool, someone ten feet away won't know who's who. So don't associate with fools. Um, they don't learn. They're not going to learn from their mistakes. Um, if you answer a fool according to his folly, um, you yourself will be just like him. And this is kind of similar to choose your companions wisely a little bit. Lesson 40 is listen before speaking. And the next lessons are a few to go here. And these ones are all really only have like one or two verses uh, or, or just a couple verses um, for, the, uh, for the lesson. Lesson 40, listen before speaking. To answer before listening. That is folly and shame. Lesson 41. Don't always believe the first source you hear. In a lawsuit, the first to speak seems right until someone comes forward and cross-examines. Lesson 42. Don't hurt your family. A brother wronged is more unyielding than a fortified city. 
Disputes are like the barred gates of a citadel. Lesson 43. Don't be in a haste to acquire possessions or riches. Desire with not, without knowledge is not good. How much more will hasty feet miss the way? An inheritance claimed too soon will not be blessed at the end. The stingy are eager to get rich and are unaware that poverty awaits them. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. Um, if you're eager and you're in a haste to get rich, get rich, these get rich quick schemes, this helps you. I've been approached by someone who tried to get me stuck into some foolish pyramid scheme one time too. And if I was in a haste to get rich and they were trying, they were telling me all this foolishness, then maybe I just would have gone for that and believed all of her words that she was spewing to me. But um, don't be in a rush to attain riches. Um, it says the blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. So you don't even need to go through the gauntlet or go through the ringer um, to get where you to where you want to go if you operate in a righteous way. And, just trust in the Lord is what it's saying. You won't even have to go through painful toil and you're going to get your blessing. But if you're eager to get rich and you're in haste to acquire things, poverty awaits you is what it's saying. You are surely going to miss the way. Lesson 44, there's no one to blame but yourself for your own foolishness. A person's own folly leads to their ruin, yet their heart rages against the Lord. There's no one to blame but yourself. Lesson 45, honor and luxury will never come for a fool. It is not fitting for a fool to live in luxury. How much worse for a slave to rule over princes? Like snow in summer or rain in harvest, honor is not fitting for a fool. Like tying a stone in a sling is the giving of honor to a fool. Lesson 46, correction is more valuable than flattery. Whoever rebukes a person will in the end gain favor rather than one who has a flattering tongue. Those who flatter their neighbors are spreading nets to their feet. A servant pampered from youth will turn out to be insolent. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Lesson 47. Being led astray under the influence of alcohol is not wise. Wine is a mocker and beer is a brawler. Whoever is led astray by them is not wise. Lesson 48, loyalty is rare. Many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find. A true friend sticks with you through adversity. This is lesson 49. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Lesson 50, nobody is perfect. Who can say I have kept my heart pure? I am clean and without sin. Lesson 51, knowledgeable speech is a rare jewel. Gold there is, and rubies in abundance, but lips that speak knowledge are a rare jewel. This is kind of with that same theme of, it's not all about riches and money and glory and wealth and power and fame. It's about your integrity and your personal character and what you speak and the gentle tongue that you speak with rather than a harsh tongue and, and things like this. Lesson 51, excuse me, 52, leave your vengeance to the Lord. Don't say, I'll pay you back for this wrong. Wait for the Lord and he will avenge you. This is similar to, uh, bless your enemies. Don't curse your enemies. Don't wish destruction upon them. That will be the way to heap burning coals on their head, however harshly it is said. But uh, don't wish destruction on your enemies is kind of what it's saying. Lesson 53, don't fall in love with pleasure either. Whoever loves pleasure will become poor. 
Whoever loves wine and olive oil will never be rich. Lesson 54, be smart with your possessions and save them up. Be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds, for riches do not endure forever, and a crown is not secure for all generations. The wise store up choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. Um, <laughs> you could say in current times, invest your money. Don't just blow it all. Uh, and um, be weary of, of kind of, uh, don't overvalue your possessions, but understand that they won't last forever. Um, so take care of what you have, it's saying. Lesson 55, too much of a good thing is a bad thing. Another thing we uh, we know today in, in, in speech. If you find honey, eat just enough, too much of it, and you will vomit. It is not good to eat too much honey, nor is it honorable to search out matters that are too deep. Um, I wasn't really able to interpret nor is it honorable to search out matters that are too deep. The way I interpret it is, um, so it's, it's not good to eat too much honey, nor is it honorable to search out matters that are too deep. This kind of reminds me of the verse that I was talking about, how a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth, but the, the wise, their eyes stay straight. Um, don't go with, with all this um, kind of uh, esoteric, total uh weird thinking and and thinking all these plots and and all these things and searching out for everything and to own everything and to accumulate all sorts of stuff um just take your fair share and keep moving along don't search out matters that are too deep and try to create some master plans uh, because too much thought into that is going to be a bad thing um like it's saying if you find honey eat just enough uh too much of it and you'll vomit don't uh overdo anything really or search out matters that are too deep is at least my interpretation of that lesson 56 familiarity breeds contempt another thing we know so well seldom set your foot in your neighbor's house too much of you and they will hate you lesson 57 those wise in their own eyes only look like fools to others a sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven people who answer discreetly. The rich are wise in their own eyes. One who is poor and discerning sees how deluded they are. Um, this is along the lines of being humble. And I certainly could have included that there because, uh, but this is kind of more specific. It's if you think you are wise in your own eyes, then people only look at you kind of as the total opposite, as a fool. Lesson 58. Mind your own business. Like one who grabs a stray dog by the ears is someone who rushes into a quarrel not their own. Lesson 59, jealousy is worse than anger. Anger is cruel and fury overwhelming, but who can stand before jealousy? Lesson 60 is admit your mistakes. Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. And lesson 61, the final lesson, in the Proverbs of Solomon. Reply swiftly. <laughs> um, a person finds joy in giving an apt reply, and how good is a timely word. <laughs> Could this possibly be applied to today, texting and replying to people? Um, just reply in a timely manner, because a person finds joy uh, in an apt reply. Um, so there it is. The, the lessons in the Proverbs of Solomon, you guys. Way longer one today. I believe the second longest one so far. This one went over an hour. 
but it had to because I had to cover all uh, all the verses in there or almost all the verses in there and all of the lessons in there. I found 61 lessons in there. Um, and again, kind of as I mentioned, whether you want anything to do with the Bible or not, or religion or not, don't even worry about that. Just take these lessons for what they are and see if you can apply them to your life. Um, because I think these can be very valuable for everyone. And uh, it's just an incredible commentary and uh, wise words that were not just written by one guy, uh, contrary to what, as I mentioned, uh, could be thought because it's called the Proverbs of Solomon. These are ancient, this is ancient wisdom that has been passed down for generations. So kind of like what it's saying within the Proverbs of Solomon, the wise people uh, take heed of instruction and, and discipline and, uh, and knowledge and wisdom. And, and they accept those words. They don't turn their backs on it. So, uh, hopefully this provided you guys with something. It's nothing new. It's, it's nothing. It's not like a, a new, uh, novel analysis that I'm doing today. You can open the Bible and you can find it right there. Um, Similarly, you can open a whole lot of other texts and find a lot of wisdom there. I'm not saying this is the only place you can find wisdom, but uh, I find that this is a, at least the Proverbs of Solomon were, are an incredible place for sure for wisdom. Um, guys, thank you for listening in. One hour, 24 minutes in. Uh, you guys are the true, <laughs> the true, uh, followers right now of the podcast and uh, we're, we're building a good audience we're having good conversations with each other let's continue that no two are going to be like i say that all the time diverse set of topics um and if you do like this if you're a new listener um uh yeah know that this, this, this is not what all the episodes are like this one was a little more rote and a little more just simply reading but uh I found that it, uh, I was very interested in kind of breaking down all the lessons that were within there. But if you do like in-depth analysis into a diverse set of topics, um, please share this episode with someone who would be interested in this and would find um, the Proverbs of Solomon interesting. Uh, please subscribe as well on whatever platform you're listening on. If it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or if you're on YouTube, you can subscribe on there. And please leave a star rating or a review on Apple Podcasts and a like or a dislike on YouTube. And you can also share your own ideas from the connect page on the website, uh, on YouTube or on Instagram at insightful thinkers media or Twitter at team ITM. You can also check out the poems and the articles on the website. And as I mentioned, the supplementary materials and the transcript that I used for this episode, I might include it on the website too. So you can check that out there insightfulthinkersmedia.com. And if you want to join the monthly ITP video conference call, um, or simply support the podcast, you can do that on Patreon. That's where uh, we, we analyze together. And it's not just me talking into a camera, but it's uh, all of us analyzing whatever. Could be movies, could be books that we all read. It's kind of like our little uh, our little club where we, where we analyze and talk about things together. So if you want to join that, you can support the podcast on Patreon, you guys. But whatever you do to support, listening and watching is always plenty. Thank you guys for that. Thank you guys for sticking with me over an hour. Next episode, I promise, will be a little bit shorter. Uh, but thank you guys for tuning into the Insightful Thinkers podcast. We'll be back next Monday morning, as always, for more in-depth analysis into a diverse set of topics. Take care, everybody.